Welcome, everybody, to a live episode of Amplify Your Business. Today, we're down here at the beautiful downtown location of Amy, and it is absolutely beautiful. We have a huge crowd behind us who are all listening to the pitches that this cohort put together. So there's 20 people in the CSW Accelerator, which is sponsored by TELUS, and we're going to be talking to a few of them here in a moment, getting the rundown as to what their business is all about and what inspired them to be part of this accelerator. But first, we want to understand a little bit more about what the TELUS CSW Accelerator is all about. And for that, I have Christy. Christy, come on in and give me your rundown on this event and what you guys are trying to accomplish with the Accelerator. Well, so the idea here is we're supporting businesses within Alberta, and we're also bringing in businesses from outside Alberta to tell them how wonderful it is to run your business in Alberta. Now, this is what the I'm totally fascinated by because you don't typically see an accelerator that has a global cohort. And so out of the 20 people, how many people are not located in Alberta? Half. Really? Yeah. And, and I will say I am one of the coaches and the coaching staff, we come from the San Francisco Bay Area. So this is really a global startup cohort. We're trying to bring that spirit in and teach the Alberta companies how to expand outside of Alberta. And again show the rest of the world what kind of opportunities there are here in Alberta, especially around the social good space. Yeah, and that's another aspect that's really unique to this particular accelerator is that the businesses here have to have some sort of community, safety, wellness aspect to their business. So talk to me a little bit about that and why that is so important to be supporting those kinds of businesses too. Well, it's entirely possible to do well and do good and make money at the same time. And in fact, that's one of the things that makes a sustainable business model. There's certainly a time and a place for a nonprofit, but there's also a huge space for companies that make money by improving the world. And so we're looking to create livable cities in places like Edmonton, in places like Calgary, and again, to expand the, the wonderful things that are happening here to the rest of the world. So what does an accelerator like this mean to have it happen in Edmonton? Right. Because this is, again, it's globally unique. It's bringing people from all over the world here to Edmonton. And so the impact that we're going to have here in our local economy and in our you know, business community and the startup community, what is that level of impact that we're going to experience here, do you think? Well, I think it's going to be huge. Edmonton is a, a city of one million. There are a lot of cities of one million around the world. And Edmonton is a really nice test bed. So you can, you can do something in Edmonton and then be able to scale around the world pretty rapidly. So it's a really nice place for companies, again, whether you're coming from Alberta or outside Alberta, to test and grow your company. Yeah, exactly. I think we're kind of like a, a nice test market. It's a comfortable size. And I mean, heck, we're friendly and we have this beautiful ecosystem of startup excitement happening in our city and so much technology here too. It just really seems to be the epicenter of all things good, if I can say so myself. Well, I'm really impressed by the community support because look at all the people who came out here tonight to try and help and connect with these companies and find them a way to connect into the Alberta ecosystem. That's really unique. The amount of money that Alberta is putting into funding the next generation of companies, particularly these social good companies. Now, this is cohort number three, I understand, right? So there's been two already. Were you involved in the first two, too? Yes, I've been coaching since, uh, since the first cohort. 
And in fact, uh, we have a member of cohort number two here in the audience. You might even be able to speak with him. Awesome. Okay, well, let's get on to the interviews with some of the cohorts. So thank you so much, Christy, for coming over and giving us a little bit of a rundown as to what to expect here tonight and what is happening with this accelerator and how unique this is. And so I'm honored that we here in Edmonton get to be, you know, the hosts to all these people and then also benefit from pulling this economic activity into here. So thank you so much for everything that you're doing, Christy. Thank you. I'm really delighted to be part of this. Excellent. Okay, so... Next up, then, we're going to talk to one of the business owners, one of the founders here today that pitched his business. And so why don't you come in and take a seat here, Antonio, and tell me a little bit about your business. So first off, where are you from and what's the name of your business? Um, uh, coming from Northern California, although my accent uh, gives away that I'm originally from Italy. Uh, the company name is uh, Soberai. I'm the CEO and the founder, and uh, we are about uh, preventing workplace accident and saving lives. Um, what people understand, it's uh, we all understand that workplace accident have an enormous social and economic cost. But what people do not know is that in 90% of workplace accident, human error is identified as a contributing cause. So people make mistakes, right? So how do you prevent mistakes? You know, 90%, it's a big number. Yeah. So now, when you think about making a mistake on the job site, uh, impairment, it's something that comes to mind. You might be impaired. But do not confuse impairment with uh, being under the effect of drugs or alcohol. Impairment is something much bigger than that. It can be mental fatigue. It can be lack of sleep. It can be over-the-counter medication like allergy medication or prescription medication, all of those. What we have, we have a very innovative and uh, groundbreaking technology where we check people's eyes to look at their well-being in terms of their neurological well-being, okay? So we check people's eyes to detect the risk of impairment. So how exactly does that work then without giving away, I guess, all the, your secrets? There is nothing to give away. We did not invent the science. The, the science that we use is called Pupilometry is a pupillary analysis. The science is over 50 years old, and it's currently used in clinical and hospitals to, to do exactly that, in uh, uh, checking the neurological well-being of patients. Our innovation is that we have made pupillary analysis automated, okay, using image processing, AI, and making it in a fast uh, one-minute self-test. So now the technology is deployable on workplace. The technology is used to detect impairment on the job. Interesting. And by the looks of this, you've incorporated a cellular phone, a mobile device into it. And so the cost of this must actually be in incredibly inexpensive then to deploy. Exactly. That's uh, that's. Uh, that's exactly the point of using the cell phone. In the hospital, the way it is done is using a medical device that costs $10,000. But then the medical device requires a, a doctor or a technician to use it, right? So although the science has been around for 50 years, it's not practical to have a doctor and a $10,000 device to check your workers, right? So that's really what we are enabling here with the device. But the device is only part of the solution because we also have a cloud-based platform that provides, collects the data, allows companies to look at their complete workforce 
and, uh, uh, and, and, and check the, and monitor the fitness for duty of the workforce. And so now when you can look at data, when you can look at what happened last week, well, last month, and you see patterns, you know, that's the, the basic concept is that data is power. If you measure something, you can improve it. So we do not only help people to avoid accident by detecting their impairment in the job site, but you also help the company to implement the strategies and, you know, using the data to improve their own policies and processes so that they can have a safer workplace. Uh, absolutely genius, I think, because, I mean, talk about, uh, you know, a global issue. There's so many potential companies out there that would really buy into this democratized technology. That's correct. Anybody doing a dangerous job, right? I mean, driving trucks, driving bus, you know, school bus or climbing on the roof. You know, those are all jobs that you need to be sharp. Right, you need to be attentive, alert, okay? And uh, a small distraction or maybe, you know, losing awareness of your environment may lead you to make a mistake, you know, and, and that uh, can be fatal or, you know, very, very painful for, for yourself, but also for the people around you. So it looks like you have a prototype in place, or is this actually in market now? Are you already? It's in the market. It is in the market, actually. We have been in the market since 2018. We have a presence in 10 different countries. Thousands of people already is using this technology uh, every day. Uh, and what we are here for is that because we're looking to partner with, uh, like, a um, government agency or, you know, industry agency that... Uh, uh, care about uh, workplace safety and so that they can join us in making impairment detection technology a standard practice, all right, for all the safety uh, sensitive uh, companies, businesses. So over at Ampla Media, we have a number of companies that we work with, actually, that would be very interested in this technology. And so after this, we're going to have to talk because I want to connect you with a few people. And for other people who want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Well, they can check our website. We have a nice form where they can contact us. So the website is www.soberai.com or they can send us an email at info at soberai.com. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Antonio, for coming by and talking to us today, and good luck with your venture. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Excellent. Okay, so that's Antonio, and what an exciting piece of technology he has developed, and I love the fact that, you know, he's been able to harness the power of what we all have in our pockets already, and so it's all about democratizing that technology. So next up, I have Akan Shah. Akansha. Okay. Have a seat, Akansha. So, sorry for uh, bastarding the pronunciation. We're doing this all live, so I didn't have a chance to meet with you yet. And so, I was just reading the name tag. So, tell me a little bit about your company. But first, whereabouts are you from? Toronto. Okay, so you're a Canadian. Yeah. So, you flew out and uh, you're checking out this event and yeah. pitching the business. So, tell me. Edmonton, actually. Excellent. Well, welcome to Edmonton. Okay, so tell me a little bit about your business. Uh, we're MindEasy. We're a digital mental health benefits platform. We provide culturally sensitive mental health resources to organizations and their workforces. So right now we solve two major problems. One is the shortage of therapists. There's just not enough human capital in the world. There's not enough therapists in the world. And two, there's not enough cultural sensitivity in that space in general. 90% of all therapists in Canada are white. So very Eurocentric, very one-size-fits-all solution. Our platform is preventative in nature, self-help in nature, and 
offers culturally sensitive mental health resources. So now how does how does it offer the culturally sensitive part of it? Is it just that you're tapping into more people with a cult, much broader cultural diversity then who are going to be the experts who are helping or what what exactly is the model? Absolutely. So we work with a global network of over 70 different experts. And these experts have spent their whole lives, dedicated their whole lives and expertise to those specific demographics. So they know what these demographics struggle with. My The way we say it is a conscious stress is different from... Sorry, I didn't catch your name. Your stress. Entrepreneur stress is very different from a medical professional stress. So we work with specific identities and verticals of identity so that we can really tackle the problem in a way that's going to make sense for you. Hey, excellent. And so how does the technology then play into all of this? Yeah, so it's in two different ways. One, right now, as you can imagine, the solution right now is people spend a lot of time Googling a lot of resources, sitting on YouTube for hours and really trying to find a solution. All, all of this research exists. It's out there. People have d- done all of this clinical research. It's just not really accessible, and it doesn't really make sense for someone to just apply in their day-to-day life. So what we do is we digitize all of our content and all of these resources in a way that makes sense. Do you have email anxiety? We'll tell you how to deal with that. Do you have maybe microaggressions in the workplace that you don't know how to handle? We'll tell you how to handle it. Uh, So we really work to create, digitize these resources that is uh, clinical research. The second aspect is we actually use human-like avatars to deliver all of our content. So that way we're not spending time and money on actors, videographers, any kind of human capital so that we can scale pretty rapidly. Well, and thank goodness for AI in that regard, right? Because we're just seeing an onslaught of that kind of technology right now. And it's actually getting pretty darn good and, and something that you're willing to actually, you know, I guess, uh, listen to and participate with. So now what stage is your business in currently then? Do you have customers already? Yep. Uh, we actually have, uh, fortune 500 companies like EA games signed on. Uh, we're our current partner in North America is also Enfamil. If you have a kid or if you know a pregnant person, they probably know what Enfamil is. Um, and we also partner with teletherapy companies so that once again, they don't have enough therapists as well. So we work with them to provide them with these self-help resources, uh, to their end users before they get matched with a therapist. Really interesting. And so what are you trying to, I guess, receive out of this program? What's your hopes out of your participation here today and, well, through the whole cohort? Um, a big part of our mission is to make cultural sensitivity the minimum standard in mental health. And so we really want to make sure that it's integrated deep within the systems in place. And we want to do that with by partnering with the government, for example. So uh, working with institutions that really understand the problem and the gaps, um, we want to partner with organizations that also have large, diverse workforces so that they can provide these resources to their employees. Excellent. And so out of this accelerator, then you're hoping to make the connections, is it? Or are you hoping to learn some skills to do some of that as well? Um, primarily partnerships would be great right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because it seems like you are already on the way, right? So things are, are rolling along. So what has been the market uptake for this particular venture of yours then when you go out and you pitch? Because those are some big companies that you already have on your client list. I think we've been, it, it sucks to say fortunate, but the pandemic really showed the gaps in the mental health industry. It really showed the need for accurate and well-done mental health in a company. And so we find a lot of the time there is less education that we now need to do with organizations because they understand that their employees need mental health support. Um, so it's been really great. Um, I think the only amount of education that is needed on our, on our end is teaching them that 
different employees need different kinds of skills and different employees need different kinds of resources. Uh, but so far, it's been really good. Um, and I think everyone's, especially in this space where people really care about social impact, has really been, uh, they've all been very understanding. So you've talked a little bit about um, really the focus has been on workplaces. Now, at the beginning of the pandemic, we were fortunate enough to work with uh, our local university here, the University of Alberta, on a bunch of mental health um, awareness and skill uh, uh, e-learning courses, basically, is what we were creating for them so that they could manage their mental health a lot better as they were navigating through, you know, the new norm of at that time of uh, studying you know, remotely in their dorm rooms and so on, and the stresses that was uh, coming from that. Is that an area that you're also looking at in uh, post-secondary institutions, students, those kinds of uh, applications? Yeah, absolutely. We're in very early conversations with some of the California institutions and universities there as well, uh, because we really think, again, student mental health, very different from an entrepreneur mental health, right? So I think uh, we really want to be able to help students right there and then and not really reach a point of crisis interventions where sometimes it's, it's really unfortunate and students end up taking their lives. And we obviously, we, we don't, we want to avoid those situations and we don't want it to escalate to that level. We want to be able to give them coping strategies and skills that they, they can use on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And, and uh, the one thing that I would say as well is that in terms of the, the overall awareness around mental health, uh, since the pandemic has been a huge advantage for companies who are participating within that space. And so is that what you found as well? Were you in business before the pandemic or is this a post-pandemic business? Uh, tell me about the timing of all that. Yeah, we actually started the company in the pandemic. So we're three, fa- uh, three founders and we all three are with three women. We met each other and we were kind of talking about our mental health struggles in the pandemic. We had three very different stories and how we were struggling with it, but we all realized that there was no one really that, that would understand my particular background. And there was no one that would understand my co-founder's particular background. And to access uh, live therapy and therapists, we were trying to reach therapists in, in the States. And of course, we couldn't do that because licenses and they're not actually allowed to practice in Ontario and all these kind of boundaries. And we realized, why is there nothing that's asynchronous? Why is there nothing that's self-help? Why is there something that's just not meant for me? Um, and I think with how technology is growing, the scope's growing, um, we realized that we just want to build it ourselves. And so my background is in tech. Uh, my, our CEO has a background in entrepreneurship. She's previously done a successful exit. And our third co-founder is uh, a psychotherapist. So really, as you can imagine, three really complementary skill sets. And so we decided to start Mind Easy together. Yeah. yeah, excellent. Okay, so I have another, just like I mentioned to Antonio, a client that uh, I'd love to introduce you to, who's out in Toronto actually as well. And so that's something that I will do after this. Yeah. Now, how would other people be able to connect with you and, and where do you want to send them? Uh, yeah, you can check us out on our website. It's uh, www.mind-easy.com. Uh, my name is Akanksha. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, and just, yeah, check out our website. We're, we're everywhere. And I'm sure there, there's, we'll be on the CSW's website as well. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming down, Akanksha. I really appreciate you flying all the way out here from Toronto, visiting us here in uh, Edmonton, Alberta. I hope that the rest of your stay is really good. And good luck with the rest of the uh, activities that you have here with the Accelerator. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. Excellent. Okay, so that is one of the exciting entrepreneurs that is here in this particular cohort of the Accelerator. And so we're just really fortunate to be able to talk to these entrepreneurs. And I have one more that's lined up to come in and talk as well. So why don't you make your way over to the hot seat 
and uh, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm, uh, my name is Galia. I'm the founder and CEO of TalkBase. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for stopping by, Galia. Whereabouts are you from? I'm from here. I'm from Edmonton. <laughs> oh, excellent. So you didn't have to travel very far at all. Yeah, just a 30-minute drive. <laughs> excellent. Okay, so tell me a little bit about your business. Yeah, so TalkMaze instills confidence in kids aged 5 to 17 through public speaking and debate training. And you said talk maze, right? Yeah. Okay. So how does it that you go about instilling that confidence? Yeah, for sure. So we basically have a platform that connects students with real-time instruction with coaches, as well as asynchronous activities to help them build confidence. We work with schools and then we also do B2C working directly with parents and kids. Okay. And so what stage of your business are you in right now? Um, we're pretty early stage. We have some of our initial customers. We're currently looking to grow that initial customer base. We can get some more data and power some of the tech that we're looking to build. And so is, the, is your customer then the school board, so the schools directly, parents? How does it work? A combination. So we do have B2B where we sell directly to schools, and then we also do B2C. We recently just launched that. So we sell directly to parents as well. They can go to our website and sign their kids up if they want. Excellent. Okay. And so in terms of the market, uh, I guess, adoption when you're out there talking to school boards and schools uh, and you're pitching this, what are people saying? What are they liking about it? What do you think some of the challenges maybe are going to be as you continue to develop this? Schools are definitely a challenge and that's something we've learned over the past little while. It's tougher to sell to schools than it is to directly to parents. So when we were trying to sell to schools, we had a lot of parents coming to us saying they want to sign up for Talk Maze. But they couldn't unless their school was partnered with us. And that's why we launched this new B2C side to let parents come directly to us and sign their kids up for the program. That's definitely been a challenge, but overall, people have been pretty receptive. Usually the kind of kids we see coming to our programs are kids who are a little more shy or reserved and their parents are especially interested in helping them build their confidence. So the maze part of the name, where does that come from? Well, we help you navigate the maze of talking. So that's Talk Maze. Awesome. Love it. And so is there a lot of gamification built into it? Because, I mean, we're talking about students, right? And probably a little bit younger students. Yeah. So we've put on a lot of work in our, into our curriculum and it's all very interactive and gamified to make sure it's engaging for kids. So especially when we have kids sometimes as young as five or six years old, it's really important to keep them engaged, but also let them build some fundamental lifelong skills. So all of our curriculum includes gamification elements. And as we're building out our technology, we're also including all of that within our tech as well with different levels that they go through. So our program's called the Odyssey. And we start off with the kids exploring and then they go through a climbing level and then adventuring, inspiring. So they go through the different levels and um, we're planning on implementing rewards as well as we implement it into our technology. So what do you find the most difficult in as an entrepreneur with a startup business, besides, you know, trying to get in there and, and get those school boards to sign up? What, what is the most challenging aspect of what you're doing? I think it's managing everything. There's always so much going on and it's important to prioritize where my time and attention goes to because there will there will always be more on the to-do list. There's always more to do and it never really ends. So it's definitely about managing everything all at once, um, especially in the early stages when you have a small team. Yeah, it is tough to be the entrepreneur wearing all the hats, right? Yeah, and I think our audience can relate to that. Okay, so if somebody wanted to connect with you, learn more about the business, what is the best way for them to do that? Well, you could always check out our website. It's talkmains.com. Um, find me on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to connect or check out our social media as well. We have a great community on our socials on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. It's at talkmains. How did you get talkmains.com? I mean, I'm shocked that that was even available. The dot coms are just so hard to come by. 
Yeah, actually. And it wasn't even like an extra fee or anything. It was like the typical price of a domain. So I don't know. I, I put in a lot of work into finalizing the name um, because I've run a business in the past and run into some trademark issues. So I made it a priority to make sure that the name was unique. It was like on brand. It had a domain name available. So that was definitely a couple months of effort. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is a challenge, isn't it? Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming by and sharing a little bit about your business with us. And good luck with the rest of the cohort activities that you're going to be, you know, doing over the course of the next few months. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Okay. So that's another one of the entrepreneurs here today that's uh, sharing their story about their journey. And we have more yet to come. I think we have another guest who is sitting over here. We'll welcome him into the hot seat and talk a little bit about his business and find out what it is that he is trying to accomplish by being part of this particular cohort. So Ling, welcome to our live episode of Amplify Your Business. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Very good. So tell me, Ling, whereabouts are you from? I'm actually from Edmonton. My office is right across streets, just in the Empire Building. So you had like a five-minute walk to get over here. I have like a one-minute walk from here. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm glad that you came by. Now tell us a little bit about your business. So we are the Coho 2 member, so last Coho. Uh, my company is called Technology North. We create a technology and a program and allow people on the artisan spectrum to participate in the digital economy. We basically create a job for people on the artisan spectrum. Excellent. And so cohort number two, so that was the one that just recently completed. So tell us a little bit about your experience coming through the accelerator. What did you gain by being a member of it? So we are, uh, Technology North is a 25-year-old company. Uh, we start as a consulting company. So we are a consulting company turned as a startup. So during the process, we did a lot of things, uh, you know, not in the, in the, in the very regular way. So by coming to the, the, the accelerator program, which really helped us to, uh, I guess, you know, check all the, uh, check all the corners, make sure what the things we haven't done before, uh, to complete. So we are now more ready to, uh, take our company into the next level. So really, um, not only that, one of the biggest takeaway from me is about, uh, this community and ecosystem coming to the, the accelerator program meeting your uh, members and meeting the coaches and other people, you actually learn a lot from other people. Uh, you know, sometimes people tell you what they learned, what they do, and, uh, you know, lesson learned. Those are my biggest uh, uh, takeaway. In fact, I create a lot of a friendship during the program. We're still being in touch with them. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I've heard from other people who've gone through it and they just said that it was just a wonderful experience and it's really helped them out as they continue to look at ways of growing their business. So when you came into your the cohort number two, was your business already in existence and you were running it and you had customers or is it a startup and still in that stage? So we come into the program, we already had the revenues, already had everything ongoing. What really this program allows us to do is... Uh, for us to look at ourselves into next level. So by, by the time we go through the program, we actually land more government contract work, uh, a half million dollar government grants and uh, a new customer. And, uh, and also allow us to reach something we haven't been able to reach before. For example, uh, a week ago I was in Austin. Now we connect with Amazon's, Walmart, and a lot of people are interested in what we're doing. And I would say without uh, this uh, accelerated program, we can never go this far. 
Yeah, it's really exciting when you can find those partnerships, right? Uh, with those great big institutions like that who have such a big demand and potential to be utilizing your services. So the accelerator program is really a platform. Through the platform, you learn the knowledge, you work with other people, and you build connections. And based on the connection you build, you never know where you're going to end up with the next. So, for example, after the accelerator program, we got invited as a part of, a, you know, our board of delegate delegation group to Austin. I mean, as a result, attending this program, I will never have this opportunity. Now I'm in Austin, I meet with a lot of other people in U.S., and you actually open a whole brand new whole market for you. Yeah, yeah, completely. So now your target audience then is bis- or, I mean, is uh, government or is it businesses? What is your target audience? So we utilize the strengths on uh, autism spectrum. Uh, so my son is actually on the autism spectrum. This is actually a documentary about what we do. It's called Cliff 20. You can Google it. Google it. So what we do is we develop technology and the program and utilize the strengths of autistic youth and adult, and we use their ability to create a service. So right now we're providing document digitization as a service. And our customer, our law firm and uh, government agency, our innovates, provincial governments, school boards, accounting firm. So we're selling that service. Now from there, we expand into data management as a service, multimedia as a service. So we utilize our people's capability uh, attention to detail and a deep focus. We're turning that into an affordable, speedy, and a very cost-effective service, which nobody else wants to do. Yeah, yeah, that's such a wonderful thing. And, and uh, you know, this is one of the things that I've always admired is that we have amongst us all sorts of different people with different kinds of gifts. And those who are on the autistic spectrum definitely have some incredible gifts. And yet, historically, it's been difficult, right? And so I love the fact that you're opening up markets for them to be able to work in and and allowing businesses to really fully understand and business owners to understand what the potential is there. So uh, when people traditionally look at the people, for example, out in spectrum, they always look at it as a disability. And what we should look at is a different ability because sometimes people on the spectrum have an ability neurotypical people just don't have. So for example, like uh, we have a team of 14 autistic youth. And uh, in the last three years, they have converted 2 million pages of document from uh, paper to digital. Do you know how many errors they got? Zero. Zero. Our that, customer, that, that's incredible. Our customer couldn't even find a single error to the point that we have a customer trust us to the level say, come pick up the box, go digitize, digitize and go shred it. We don't even want to look at so that's the confidence and the trust we're building in the last three years. Yeah, 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 exactly. And and unleashing people's abilities and and their secret talents, their their superpowers. It's really cool. I, I love it. So good on you for doing that. So what are you finding to be the biggest challenge though in growing your business? So uh, as a small business, your challenge is always competing attentions and where you're going to spend the money. Obviously, when if if you had a billion dollar of a budget, I can you know buy all the manpowers, resource I need, but as a small business, you don't. So you have to carefully balance where you're going to spend your time, effort, and uh, which market you're going to go after, and uh, how many people you're going to hire. You have to 
really, really balance yourself because you never know. I mean, so next year, this year, could be another, another financial crisis. You see SVB is crashing in the U.S. market. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow. So the balance act and also make sure whatever you do, you have a safety net. It's very, very important. So you always need to balancing the venture and the safety, right? And, it, you know, that's, that's how we survived for the last 25 years. Yeah, it's always a balancing act, right? In terms of the resources and, and all of the different needs that one has. And I, I like what you said there about, you know, if I had a billion dollars, I, I could buy a bunch of, I could do a lot more all at once. But the reality of it is, is if you had a billion dollars, you would have spending plans for a billion and a half, right? Like it's, it's just that the way that business works. There's so many things, so many opportunities that one wants to take on. So if, I were to gift you a million dollars today, which I'm not, by the way, unfortunately, but if I was, what would you do with that million dollars? Well, I would probably look at open new markets because uh, the problem we solve is really universal issues. And we actually having parents, governments are calling us from everywhere. We are actually in the planning process to open an office in Calgary. Every single day, every single week, we have parents calling us from a multi-part of the United States, Europe, Asia, and other part of our country, other part of our province want us there to create the same thing as we do. We even have a, like a state government from U.S. Uh, calling us, say, we just want you come here to replicate. But it's not simple, just go replicate. You need the resource, you need the monies, you need the local, uh, you know, getting the contact with the local community. So it takes money and time. So if I have a million dollars, I guess my next step would be in Calgary to open office. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's expansion, right? And so this is one of the things that I'm guessing would be a challenge for you as well, is you're building kind of both sides of the marketplace, right? So you are needing the, you know, people with uh, who are living in the autistic spectrum um, to understand that this is a, an option for them, that they should be applying, that they should be um, submitting their applications and whatnot. But then also you're trying to get, you know, the businesses and government and so on on board too. And so you're building both sides of the market that supply and the demand at the same time. Yeah, it's not so difficult getting the family interested. It's a, you know, so for example, we've been doing this in Edmonton for the last three years. We have no advertising at all. It's just through word of mouth. We have a build, uh, like a waiting list of a hundred family uh, wants to get in there. The challenge is try to build a trust with the local business community who are willing to give you the large job. For example, we still have challenges, like, uh, you know, for come, from a government procurement perspective, it's uh, still a challenge for us to getting large contracts or getting the market share, which allows hire more people, especially when you're going to a new market, for example, Calgary, who's going to give you the job? So it takes time to, you know, validate yourself, prove yourself, build a relationship, then you can go to the next level and next level. Well, thank you so much, Ling, for explaining what your business is about and for also sharing your experience with the previous cohort. Uh, can you tell me and the, our audience here today how they can find out more information or reach you? Uh, yeah, you can reach us by uh, uh, technologynorth.net uh, or you can Google search on technologynorth.net. And another way you can find us is uh, uh, Google search cliff20.ca. And uh, we are actually done on a documentary. Yeah, that's really cool. It's really neat to be part of a documentary as well. And what great exposure that you would have had through that.
Well, thank you again, Ling. I really appreciate it. So everybody, this is what is happening here tonight down at Amy. Um, obviously, if you're not here yet, you're probably not going to be able to get down here in time for it to wrap up because I think we only have another 15, 20 minutes or so. And then I think they're going to be closing the doors. But I appreciate everybody tuning in and listening to some of our entrepreneurs. It's an exciting time to be an entrepreneur here in Edmonton. It's an exciting time to be part of the startup community. There's so many things happening. And thank you to everybody who is supporting the TELUS CSW Accelerator because it's initiatives like this that are really putting Edmonton on the map. So tune in next time to another episode of Amplify Your Business where we probably won't be live, but we will have a recording for you with an interview of a really interesting, successful entrepreneur. So check it out over at amplifyyourbusiness.ca or you can listen to our podcasts at Amplify Your Business or just search it, I mean, on your favorite podcasting platform. Until next time, everybody have a prosperous day. 